Bob Jones prophesied this before he died. And he told this to several people. He said it to the point that people thought that he was kind of out of it because, first of all, this team had not won a Super Bowl in 50 years, and they were certainly not in line to win a Super Bowl. And Bob Jones, so even even uh, some of the, like Sean Boats and some of those guys who, or Shane Boats, some of those guys that have prophecy ministries, he said that he told him this at least 10 times. He said, when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, revival is coming. And he said, Don't, he said, it's going to happen. You wait and see when they win the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? They won the Super Bowl in 2020. And the revival, he, we thought the revival didn't come, but the revival did come in 2020 in Indonesia. That's when it started there. So the revival came in the, in the, in the, in the east and now is moving to the west. And wouldn't you know it, just be like the Lord to take a team like the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs, and three years later bring them back again to win another Super Bowl. And I know that some of you are Philly fans, and I'm sorry that you're so disappointed because of what happened on, uh, on, on uh, Sunday night. But you need to understand this. He said when the, when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, that's the earmark for revival. Now, who? somebody tell me who the Kansas City Chiefs were playing. The Eagles. What's interesting about this to me is simultaneously when the Super Bowl is being played, there's another group who are also called the Eagles, who are in a different battle at Asbury University. The Asbury University Athletics Department are called the Asbury Eagles. And it's interesting that God, you can say that's just coincidence and it might be, but somehow that connects with me to say God is giving us signs. God is, give, God is trying to talk to us. He is trying to wake us up to see that he's speaking plain English now. They have won the Super Bowl and now there's a revival breaking out at a place called the Eagles. And it's amazing. It's interesting to me what God is doing in Asbury College. And it's only like a week old now, and it's still going strong. As a matter of fact, you're going to hear in a moment from some people that have been to the Asbury Revival. And I've asked them to speak in a few moments and just share a little bit about their experience there. But one of the interviews that I saw that really blessed me is that they had had a normal chapel and chapel had been dismissed, and their gospel choir was singing that day for chapel, and that after everybody went to class, the gospel choir kept singing, and 30 people stayed. And from those, all the other students went back to class. It wasn't like a big eruption. It wasn't like a, a big celebration broke loose in chapel. Everyone went back, a normal day. But 30 people stayed and started seeking God. And that choir kept singing. And before you know it, the glory of God started falling upon that small group at Asbury. And then the president of the college sent out an email to all the students saying, they're still in the chapel service. If you want to go, you can miss your class and go to chapel. All the students ran there. Wasn't, wasn't that something? What a great move for the president of Asbury. They all went to the chapel and and then all since that time it is not shut down 24 hours a day do you, do you understand what the Azusa Street Revival was I mean I, I, I haven't preached on it a lot but in case you don't know what the Azusa Street Revival was it wasn't like what we call revival we call revival a series of worship services in the same week 
You know, we would call a revival Monday through, let's have a revival Monday through Friday. And we would come and sing songs and preach sermons and have altar calls. That's, that's what most people know as revival. The Azusa Street wasn't like that. The Azusa Street revival did not shut down for three and a half years. It was 24 hours a day, and it was mostly prayer. They didn't have bands. There was, it was, it's, it's what I'm seeing now. It is somebody just starts singing a song and everybody else starts joining in and somebody stands up and gives a testimony. That's how it started. And for three and a half years in the Azusa Street meeting, a meeting that literally swept the world, it was not it was not conducted in program. It was not leader-led. I know William Seymour gets the credit for it because a lot of miracles came through him, but William Seymour didn't even attend all the services. And you know, if you know anything about that story, he would go in, they had two crates. They didn't have a real pulpit because this was an old warehouse that they had turned into a, a meeting place, and he didn't have a real pulpit. He had two crates that he laid his Bible on when he preached. So that was the pulpit when he did preach. And they said that he would come in, he lived in an apartment upstairs, and he would come in and stick his head in the crate. He would get on his knees and stick his head inside the crate, and they just waited on the Lord. But they said when the Lord would give him a word, like one of the stories of Azusa is that they would bring in people that were sick, they would bring in, and one night they had a whole section of wheelchairs there Azusa of people that had come in that could not walk and that when William Seymour got his head out of the crate, he lifted up his head and said, the Holy Spirit said that everyone in the wheelchair section will get healed tonight. And he said, just like that, no fanfare, no drum roll, nobody hyped up. He said, everybody in that section started standing up out of their wheelchairs and every single one of them got healed because God was doing a sovereign work that could not be duplicated, a sovereign work that could not be imitated or mimicked in any way. It was such a sovereign move of the Lord. And, and one of the things that they talked about is the Shekinah glory of God. Now, every time Shekinah falls, it's either blue or green. And I can explain that if you've ever heard me talk about the quark and the th colors of the thrones, the emerald throne, the sapphire throne, and the sardis throne, then you understand why one represents Jesus, and that is a move of God for people to get saved. The other represents the Holy Spirit, and that is a move of God for people to, to see signs and wonders and miracles. And so when the Shekinah glory of God would show up, it would show up in one of those colors, and they said that when the Shekinah would show up, that they would just have people come in off the streets just to stand in the Shekinah, and they would be healed. I mean, the stories at Azusa are unbelievable. But what most people don't realize is it wasn't any kind of revival like we've ever seen. It was just people waiting on the Lord. It was just people coming out and seeking the Lord. They weren't even praying for each other that much. God would just fall in the room and do a sovereign work. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. There's also a revival that's broken out at Lee University, which is just right up the road. 
And I gotta tell you, I, I went there. I just wanted to be in the revival. So I went there this afternoon. I had staff meetings and all that, and I just told them, I said, I'm getting out of here. I'm going over to Lee. And I just went over to Lee, and I just sat there. And I'm gonna t- let me tell you what I saw. If I could explain it, I actually, I actually put it on Facebook and social media, just my own experience. But if I could explain it, the two words I would have to use to explain it is the word peace and the word Terry. And when I got in my car, uh, I, one of the things that happens a lot of times in these moves of God, even like when people would go to Brownsville, I've heard so many testimonies where people would go to Brownsville and they would just sit in the service and they, didn't re- they were expecting something great to happen and it was more like a great service. Then they'd get in their car to go home and the glory would fall in the car. I've, I've heard that the glory fell on buses many, many times. It was just a normal service. People got saved, but nothing spectacular happened. And they would get back on the bus, and the glory would fall on the bus, and they would have a, an experience with the Lord that, that would stain them for the rest of their life. And when I walked out of there today and I got in my car, I didn't really want to leave, to be honest with you, because I'd sit there. I could only stay for about an hour and a half, and, and, and I just wanted to stay because the peace in that room was unexplainable to me. I, I can't even tell you. It was just like, it was like a, a total peace. And the other word I would use is Terry. Because when I, when I got in my car, it was like the Holy Spirit said to me, this is what it was like in the upper room before the Holy Spirit fell. They'd, they were not expecting tongues of fire. No one had ever mentioned that. They were not expecting to speak in tongues. No one had ever told them that. They were not expecting the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Jesus never told them that part. All he said was tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And what I saw, and I haven't been to Asbury yet, but I plan to go. I want to tell you, I'm not missing whatever God is doing. I'm, if, I, if I can just get my feet wet in it just a little bit, I'm just going to go wherever God is moving and do whatever he's doing. That's I want it. And I've been waiting a long time to, to see what God is going to do in this generation. But what I saw was just young people waiting. I heard about five testimonies. Somebody would, sometimes it was quiet. You know, that's really unique for Pentecostal circles too because sometimes we won't let it get quiet. You know, if it gets quiet, somebody will break out and do something, you know, because they don't, they, we, we get strange in the quietness, but they weren't strange at all in it. They were sitting in the quiet and then somebody would walk up there and read a scripture from the Bible and then somebody else would walk up there and give a testimony. There was one young lady that came in this afternoon with a guitar and she didn't go to the front. There were no no musicians playing. It wasn't anything like that. There was no band playing. This young lady brought her guitar and sat in the back on the floor. And she just started playing a song and singing it. And the whole place joined in with her. And I'm telling you, it was just like the peace of God was coming in waves over the room. And I just didn't want to leave. I just honestly didn't. But I wanted to be here tonight, so I did leave. But I just wanted to. The peace was so thick that I just, I just wanted to sit in it. In those moments, there was not a care, there was not a worry, and what I felt like I was witnessing is tearing, people waiting on the Lord. And I left there thinking, they're gonna get their own Pentecost. I don't know what it's gonna look like. It may not be tongues of fire. It may not be the sound of a rushing mighty wind, but I'm telling you, they are calling out to God and they are waiting on him and they are tarrying in a room waiting on the presence of the Lord. And I believe that God sees rooms like that and God is gonna come down and do something miraculous in those students' lives. It's not gonna be worked up. It's not gonna be hyped up. It's not gonna 
be manipulated by anybody. I'm telling you, what I saw was absolutely beautiful. It was just students responding. And without any fear, man, they were just getting, there was one kid, and I, I, I won't tell you what hour I was there, so hopefully you won't pick him out. But he was obviously from the athletic department. He had on his attire. This kid could not sing to save his life, but he wanted to sing. And he'd get up there and sing, and nobody cared. He was so off tune, and everybody would just join him. They'd pick up the melody, and he would keep singing. And, and I mean, he was really getting into it, right? And he was trying to put obligato and all this stuff in there, you know, ad lib in there. And, uh, and it wasn't working, but nobody cared because his heart was in the right place. And I tell you, man, it just brought tears to my eyes. I'm thinking, yeah, man, go for it. I'm tired of people thinking you gotta be perfect. I'm tired of people thinking if a light's out or if the sound isn't the right way or you forgot the words to a song, I'm tired of that. I'm ready to see something so pure and so genuine and so grassroots, something. I wanna hear some baby talk. I wanna hear some baby steps. I wanna see God do something absolutely gra grassroots. And, and, and I just sit back there, man. I, I could have got up and quoted some scriptures or said something, but I didn't want to say anything. I was mesmerized by just God moving and the way he was, he was moving that. Now, I told you I spoke at the ramp. Uh, the, I was there yesterday speaking in their school yesterday and also Sunday preaching in their church. And I got a text from, from uh, Rick Towell today. And he said, he said and, and I, want you, I want you to see this picture because this is actually this afternoon. The ramp actually has an 8 o'clock mandatory prayer meeting for all their students. So all their students have to go pray at 8. They started praying at 8 and they're still praying right now. It has broken out at the ramp. The glory of God has settled and when this picture was taken, it was late this afternoon, and they have been there all day long in the presence of God. And if it's like all these other places, they'll be there all night long and all day tomorrow. I'm telling you, man, I'm so ready for this. I am so, I, 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 don't, want you, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I've had enough church in my lifetime. I, I don't need more church, but I need more God. I, I don't want you to take it wrong. I, I love the church, but I'm tired of having to do church a particular way and make everybody happy. And if they don't get their song and they don't, I'm tired of that. I just wanna see the glory of God come down any way he wants to come down. Move God any way you wanna move. It doesn't have to be my way. It doesn't have to be my song or my favorite version of the Bible. Just move God any way you wanna move. God is up to something. God is up to something. One of the things I saw that was amazing in all these places Student-led, no leaders, spontaneous worship testimonies, repentance, no bands, no microphones, no program, just glory. And I want to tell you something. If you want to be a part of what God is doing right now, you're going to have to get used to glory because glory is not the same as anointing. Anointing is when God comes in hot. Glory is when God comes in cool. Glory, anointing depends upon us. Anointing is oil flowing through us. He, he lights us on fire. and We get all excited. He lights us on fire. And the, and the wick pulls the, glory, pulls the oil up through us and it wears us out. But we go after God with everything we've got. That's God using you in anointing. That's not what glory is like. God doesn't need you in the glory. 
God doesn't need your hand. He doesn't need your prophecy. He don't need that. When God works in glory, that's him all by himself. And that's what Adam and Eve experienced when they walked with God in the cool of the day. It does not look like hot. It looks like cool. It does not look like like, like a fire sometimes. It looks like peace a lot of times. So get ready to settle in the peace of God. Anybody ready to be engulfed in the love of God? Anybody ready for, for you to go to bed at night and lay down with the sweetness of the Lord dripping from you and not a care in the world because the peace of God. See, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit wanted to give us tonight. He said, I want to give you a gift. I see your worry. I see your stress. But you don't have to live like that in the kingdom because we have a king who's on the throne and he's in charge. And when the glory of God moves, the glory of God moves differently. A few nights ago, I had this dream. Um, this is the 14th, so it would be four nights ago. I just got through preaching that day and I went to bed and I was, honestly, I was very tired. I'd just driven home and I was, I was very tired and Faith and I, both of us, I don't know why, we get up at five o'clock in the morning. I know that some people think that's insane. It's just when we wake up and we go do our prayer time. She goes to a room and prays and I go upstairs to my office and pray. And that's our routine. We do it every day. And this morning I woke up, that morning I woke up at five and I thought, man, I haven't even been sleeping in just a few hours and I'm really tired. Maybe I can get one more nap and then I'll get up and I'll go do my prayer time. And when I close my eyes, I went into a place that I can't even describe to you. That, that little picture on the screen is the best picture I can show you that it looked like. I saw something that looked very similar to that. It, it didn't look like light. I mean, it looked like it was had lights in it, but it wasn't like a fog. It wasn't like a mist. It wasn't even like a smoke. It was like that. It was like when, a, when the wick is going out and you kind of see it up in the air. That's what I saw, and it was blue, just like this color. I, I, that's why I wanted to try to show you a picture of it so you can understand. And in this dream, and I don't have, I've been praying, and some of you have been praying for me that God would give me spiritual dreams because I want to have them, and I haven't been having a lot in a long time, and I haven't had one in, in months, and I've been asking the Lord to show me this, and this is what I saw in this dream. When I, when, I, when I fell into this deep sleep, I saw this blue, this blue Shekinah, and I knew it was Shekinah, and it was about two feet off the ground like that, and this is what I saw. I saw people coming and laying people in it. I saw people carrying teenagers. I mean, I saw grown men and women carrying teenagers and laying them in this blue mist. And then they were getting healed. I don't know what they needed, but they were they were getting up saying, I'm whole, I'm healed. I saw them bringing children and laying them, laying them in this blue mist. And I saw children, I saw hurting children and broken children. I just saw lives being put back together. And when I woke up, I woke myself up saying this out loud. I was actually shouting this out loud, and it woke me up from this dream. I was saying, I want to see it. I want to see it, God. I don't want to dream about it. I want to see it. I want to see the Shekinah of God. I want to see it with my own eyes. And then I, before I knew it, I had said this out loud. I said, I will throw my whole schedule away. Just let me see it. I will be where that's at. I don't care where I'm scheduled to be, where I should be, where everybody thinks I should be. I will be where you are, God. I want to be where you are, God, and I will do whatever I have to do that. 
And it was something that just in that moment, just, I don't know if any of you follow me on social media, but I was, I was so hoarse from preaching. I have no voice, but I had to tell that story. And I actually growled out that dream a little bit in a video and had to display it because it messed me up. And I still can't forget it. It is like it still is alive inside of me because I know it's real. And I know that God is getting ready to do something. And here's what it looks like. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. And the Lord says, revival is here. It's time to fan the flames of revival. It's time to fan it in prayer. You know how you fan the flames? You put breath into it. I don't know if you've ever watched anybody take one of those blowers and they'll blow it on a coal. The old folks used to do that. They'd build a coal fire and they'd take that blower just like that and it would put wind on it and the wind would make it spark up. That's why God said to, to Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. He said, prophesy to the breath is the word he used. Prophesy to the breath. God needs somebody that will open their mouth and begin to fan the flames prophetically, fan the flames of what is going on. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.